0: Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant, helping artists to collect
1: on their value.
2: Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management, and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the
0: royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber, and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Welcome back to the IFR podcast on neighboring rights. Today, we're going to talk about wills and estates, and the language that's needed when somebody dies in order for their heirs to collect their neighboring rights royalties. We have with us today two guests, one voice of which you'll recognize. Say hi, Tanya. Hello, everyone. And say hello to Naomi Asher.
2: Hi, I'm Naomi, Vice President of International Neighboring Rights at Sony. I know a lot about dead people and neighboring rights. So
0: one of the things that is unique to neighboring rights as a royalty stream is that it cannot be lumped in with a residual estate in someone's will. So if you're writing your will and you're a very famous musician who gets a lot of money in neighboring rights or no money, but you will, you can't say, I leave everything to my children. They won't get your neighboring rights. You have to specifically mention equitable remuneration, neighboring rights, related rights, my PPL income, something like that. On the IFR website, in the member section we have language for you to put in your will or to write a codicil if you to append to your will if you've already had your will signed but hear the horror stories from those who've been there and done that naomi tanya take it away people don't like to talk about death a lot of people are very superstitious understandably
2: i mean i'm very superstitious And obviously, planning for death is not something that you really want to be doing. I mean, if you're alive and you're making music, that's what you want to be doing. And so it's a difficult conversation to have with people when you say, when you die, this is what you need to do. And Tanya and myself were in a position where we used to work with quite a lot of elderly musicians and trying to say to them, look, you really need to have this codicil in your will because otherwise it will be very difficult for your heirs. It was a difficult conversation to have, but it wasn't just elderly musicians i mean there were young musicians that tanya and i had dealt with that equally we had difficult times with there are people who had been estates for quite a long time whose heirs had come to us and setting those up was quite difficult i mean i joke that you sometimes need to exhume a body in order to get somebody set up with the neighboring rights societies but it is exceptionally difficult the, the thing is is the rules themselves are very simple you have to prove the chain You have to understand that this income stream, equitable remuneration, neighboring rights, is something that you can only pass on to your designated beneficiary and nobody else. If you're selling your neighboring rights, what you're actually selling is the right to earn. You're not selling your equitable remuneration. And the other thing that because you're only passing it on to your designated beneficiary, that is really important to understand, is that that requires death documents. Quite a lot of Americans especially create living trusts, which is a very common thing, but a living trust is not a death document. So if you have a living trust, that does not actually act as a valid death document when you are passing on your equitable remuneration, you need your will. It can be redacted. The will needs to be presented to the CMOs. We've had people who've said, no, we're not showing the person's will to anybody. You can't do anything then. You're, you That's it. You know, you have to have the will. You have to have some kind of secondary paperwork. Now in a straight line, that's a deed of probate. However, in America, you often don't have probate in the same way that most international societies require a deed of probate. If a musician dies in Los Angeles and that person has one daughter and everything passes to that one daughter, there's nobody querying it, there's nobody contesting it, it's a very straight shot, there won't be a deed of probate. So therefore there will be the will but there won't be that secondary document. Even with the codicil, you will need to get a secondary document. You will need to get something that says why there is no deed of probate. In the state of California, there is a small estate's affidavit that your heirs can get and get signed, which will function in the same way. But there does have to be that sort of link. So you have to keep the chain going. The will, the deed of probate, and then there has to be the ID of the beneficiary. Now, if it's a straight line, if it's one father died and gave up everything to one daughter, that's a straight line. That's probably all you'll need. However, if you've got five children, and then you've got somebody acting on behalf of those five children, every time you layer more people, you're going to need more paperwork. You're going to need everything certified by various attorneys. You're going to need things notarized. You're going to need to have one designated beneficiary to collect that everybody in that chain has signed confirming that they're happy that that person is the signatory on behalf of that beneficiary and then all of those beneficiaries will effectively have a beneficiary account. So the more layers you get, the more complicated it is. The other thing that we've come across is that when you're talking about an older estate, somebody who who died say in the 70s, they might not have a straight chain that's actually followable and they didn't have a will and everything automatically went to their next of kin and there wasn't any contesting of that so that there wasn't a court case, then oftentimes you will have to justify how the equitable remuneration passed to the beneficiary, which can feel very invasive. There was a, a very important musician who died at age 27 in the 60s he was is a black man from georgia everything had passed to his widow i had to basically write an essay explaining why in the 1960s a black man from georgia wouldn't have had a lawyer who created a will or deed of probate or whatever that would then have that chain to go to his widow you really have to explain the whole situation which sounds very invasive it sounds very frustrating and it It really is. But unfortunately, in order to go direct through some of those societies in Europe, you have to have all the dots connect. And oftentimes the dots won't connect. And that's where you fall short. And that's where things get really frustrating. There are a couple of quote unquote workarounds that we've used just taking the world through Canada. You're dead and nobody wants to give a will. Nobody wants to do anything or you don't have dots that connect for some reason. You will have to basically go to Canada. There's really nowhere else Mm -hmm. you can go. Canada has a form that you can sign that basically says I'm the designated beneficiary and if anybody contests it, they can sue me. In order to get to that letter of indemnity point at other societies, you still have to connect the dots on the chain. You still have to get enough paperwork in to justify them creating a letter of indemnity that will then be unique to you. Whereas Canada, RACS will let you sign that form and you'll be able to do the world through Rex. Either they only had a living trust, there were no death documents, or they didn't want to show the will. Or there was one case where the person had died, it was again in the 70s, it was a young person, everything had passed to that person's mother, that person had had a daughter, that performer's mother had essentially taken custody of everything while the seven-year-old daughter was growing up. There was a court case, you know, not a bad one, but there had been essentially a point where the court had said, right, she's 21 now, everything can go to the daughter. But it didn't specify equitable remuneration. So, therefore, it wasn't accepted as a document. They had nothing else. We were told, well, we need the mother's will passing equitable remuneration over to the, the granddaughter. Well, first of all, I couldn't get the mother's will. It didn't say anything about anything to do with the performer. The performer had been dead 30 years by the time the mother had passed away. Everything had been concluded in this document that supposedly gave everything to the granddaughter. But because it didn't say equitable remuneration, it wasn't accepted. They wouldn't do a letter of indemnity because you had this missing link on the chain and the end result was, well, Canada. Literally that is the only thing that you can do and I certainly hope that Rax doesn't listen to this and start changing their rules and making it difficult for
0: people. Just to explain uh, to the world why it's so difficult, it's because it's a non-waivable, non-transferable right under the Rome Convention. Unlike other royalties, you can give them away. This one you cannot. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's so difficult. Doesn't make sense still, but that is the reason everyone gives. Could I just ask Tanya, have you dealt with other countries besides the UK and the US? Where it's just as difficult.
1: Yes, I would say PPL is the most difficult society to deal with in terms of jumping through hoops and providing lots of paperwork. Actually, this is a side note. In December, PPL released an article on their website, and they they said, "Please, in your wills, explicitly write down that who your beneficiary is. Make it very clear, and my er explicitly say it goes to this person, that person." And um, because, yeah, PPL, if if it's not clear to them they just can't proceed. So yeah, I've dealt with playwrights in Belgium, with Senna in the Netherlands. They're a happy medium between PPL and RACs in Canada, I would say. They just need to see a copy of a will. They're not very kind of particular about the wording. They just want to see clearly who is the next of kin, who is the heir. But yeah, like with all of them, you need a copy of the beneficiary's ID. It's got to be valid and in date because someone passed away a couple of years ago and his widow sent me her passport and it took me so long to get that from her and then explain. Fired, you've got to get back to them. It can be a very drawn out process. Maybe they didn't sign the passport, like, please sign your passports. I've dealt with the states where, yeah, there was no will whatsoever. So then it gets very messy. But as Naomi said, you can go to racks because you're indemnified. But ppl's legal team, they're very on the ball, they're very clued up. So they will walk you through it. You just have to be patient, don't you, Naomi? Because they're grieving, a lot, especially if it's a recent death, you know, they're kind of out of sorts, they're grieving. And you just kind of you have to tread lightly and you have to go to them. It's, the is very sensitive, isn't it? You don't want to bombard them with an SEF. So we need this, 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 this. Oh, also the death certificate is very important. Most countries need a copy of the death certificate. And that's very sensitive information. And yeah, a lot of clients, especially high profile ones, are like, I'm not giving you that. So then you go to RACS in Canada. Is the money yeah, the held? Money
2: is- okay, good. Saying that, I believe it does start dropping off after a certain period of time if it starts taking too long. So money is held for up to half have- Many years they hold money in that territory, but then you lose the year. So um, if it takes six years to set up an estate, you're going to lose the sixth year after a certain point. And I mean, I think the longest it took to set up an estate was like probably two or three years, and it can take that long. It can take longer, but it it depends on quite a lot. If you've got the words equitable remuneration anywhere. It's a lot quicker. You know, it it really does speed up the process. You have to understand though that if you're a high earner at PPL, even if you've got equitable remuneration in your paperwork once you've got everything, the Performer Board still has to vote on it and approve all the death documents.
1: They still have to meet, which is every six weeks whenever it is, and they have to approve it, which for me, seems ridiculous, but yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah. Did they say why? And why the performer board? It's
2: the way that it is. I, I don't, I can't really tell you why. I just know that's exactly what they do. Do you know any reason why they would reject it? They didn't reject it for us. I don't know why they would reject it, but I suppose if they felt something was contestable, maybe they would reject it. But I really wouldn't even want to posture a guess because I don't know why they even vote. I mean, for me, it's none of their business. Just to clarify, basically, we as representatives who look after performers and Anybody that is a direct PPL member should be encouraging our artists to ensure that they include this in their will and take the narrative from the PPL site, which, as Tanya said, they published in December,
1: to ensure Mm -hmm. that the
2: wording is correct so many people will not know this as stacy said there is a codicil template on the ifr website in the members only area that she drafted based on what ppl had you know on their site as well you know if you're a member of ifr you can go and you can pull that template and do that but just keep in mind if you do you have equitable remuneration in your death document in your death documents not your life documents not your living trust your death documents It will speed everything up. If your heirs know that there's not going to be a probate, a deed of probate, then if they know going into it, they will have to get a small estates affidavit, you know, that other step. All that language that needs to be included can be, can be sort of planned for.
0: I'll give you the paragraph right now, if you're going to put it in the main body of your will. I wish for my equitable remuneration, supplementary remuneration, similar performer payments, and all income and rights associated therewith, including, without limitation, neighboring rights royalties, to be owned and collected by blank. It's just a very short paragraph, easy to put it in, but if you need to do it as an addendum, as a codicil to your will, then become a member and go to the members-only site. I know that it's hard to talk about death, and I know that young people do not want to think about it, but the minute you have something to leave someone, that's the right age to do it. So the minute you join PPL and start earning income is the minute you need to do a will so that your beneficiaries don't lose that income. If you knew that you can give somebody a gift after you died, you Mm -hmm. would happily gift wrap it and put it someplace safe. That's what a will is. Yeah. It's a gift. It's a gift that yeah. you give after you die.
2: So important. Yeah. Really, really good subject, this one. Really good.
0: So, to get a copy of this language or the entire codicil template for you to just fill in the blanks, join IFR at ifr.co.uk and then you can go to the member section and just download it. Thanks for listening.